Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dwayne Russell to get us underway on AFL Nation. Port Adelaide and Geelong. And Stengel puts it to grass. Close kicks off the deck. And kicks the goal just inside the post. He gave it to Rosie, sold the dummy, ran into open space, links it up to Butters, stepped around, but saves 45 from goal. Butters goes crack! Gary Rowan sneaks it in at the left-hand posts. He is having maximum impact. Left it there for Burton. Oh, he's launched it at goal. He got there. That is a mighty roost. Hand passed under pressure. Stengel down to Rowan. Off to Cameron. Off balance. Took the snap. Miraculous. Even for Jez. Finlayson, he is close in and the angle's not severe. He'll come on the J curve. Finlayson makes his move. And so too does Ports. Late goals in the second term. And the margin is a very manageable seven points now. Dixon out the side, hoping for Powell Pepper. Wines lent a hand. Powell Pepper has it. Got it to his boot. Trickled to the goal front. Oh, it's run through. It's tied off the deck by Willem Drew. Gets it to attacking 50. Ball falls to the back. De Coney knocks it down. Stolen. Darcy Burn Jones. Todd Marshall with the whole line. That's going to swarm at him as he comes around the corner and snaps through his third. Worked it around to Atkins, then to Isaac Smith. His snap sneaks in. The Cats have quietly strung three together. Gelsen wins the hard ball. Dixon to Powell Pepper. He's caught by an up. Shook it. Snapped it. Gold it. Sam Powell Pepper brute force. Port Adelaide looking for an 11th win in a row. And Jeremy Finlayson has the one goal closer. He's got four. Goal kicker. Narkel bends that back. That was a work of art. It is a win of the highest order to Port Adelaide, given the challenge that was thrown and the circumstances at quarter time. It's as good as any in their 11-game winning streak. Friday is in the top end, thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Exciting news, Guru. We have Raphael Clark back in the studio. It's been a little bit of an absence, but we've missed you, Raph. Uh, thanks, Valus. Sorry, sorry for the absence. Yeah, bit of work um, remotely. So yeah, it's good to be back in the in the studio with the guru and yourself, mate, to, to talk about everything footy and everything that's going on in Darwin. So where have you been, mate? You talk about uh, your work stuff. Has that brought you into state or somewhere else in the territory? Yeah, mainly in the territory. I'm um, working down at uh, Chupra National Park, helping them with the, the new Savannah um, burning um, program yep. they're under, um, and also across the Garo over at Boralula. Um, so, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of the territory, which is good, um, you know, getting paid to see the territory and, and see some awesome national parks mm. at the same time. I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Then I'll, I'm still having some guys up in the Cape York as well. So, yeah, covered a fair bit of country over the last 
couple of weeks, yeah, from straight all the way down to the Timber Creek, Catherine region, across the Borrowilla and all up to the almost the tip of the Cape York. So, yeah, seen some magnificent country and, yeah, like I said, I'm pretty lucky to get paid to do that sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, no doubt, mate. I'm sure you're doing some great work as well. Guru, back in the studio, how are you? Yeah, it's good to have the Holy Trinity back together and, um, yeah. <laughs> Very generous. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what did you get up to this week? Nah, trained a fair bit this week. Trying yep. to, uh, yeah, got the wedding in four weeks, brother's wedding, so trying to knuckle down for that. So, yep. trying to lose a few kegs. On. Been on your best behaviour. Trying to be, yes. Um, I went out bush last week to Dundee, which is a good refresher um, to get out of the big city. Um, and then, yeah, back into it now, four weeks of grind. Brother gets officially married today down at the um, Water Garden, so I'm going to do that. Nice. And uh, sign that off and wish him the best of luck. Thank you, um, <laughs> I think the... Just a quick one, Jackson. The Guru better be careful of getting this fit, mate. I think a few of the Premier League coaches have been <laughs> sending a few messages yeah, or some phone calls to say, you know, can we get you down to the he's club He's been more for a secretive run? around his phone lately. Yeah. He's, yeah, um, yeah. I thought he must have something Take going him away on. Take the coaching. Let's get him back on the field. He's, he's looking in um, playing weight again. He yeah. is very slim. Hey, obviously exciting stuff for your family. And, and another positive note, your son turned 11, I think, during the week. And yeah. uh, had a bit of a shout-out by the Bombers players. And I was joking off air that who do you have, Zach Merritt? Parish and package. Package, yep. yeah. Who out of those three? Like, how? Explain. I don't know. If that was your side of um, of the parenthood that organised that gift. But how? How does that come about? Is that through through an app or through? A yeah. So there's an app called Swish. Yeah. Um, and then the players just put on their own sort of. You know, it does cost money to get a player to do a shout out. Do the players choose um, their prices? Yep. Players choose their prices. Yeah. Um, I think package was the most expensive, about 150. Jeez. So, but your going rate would be about 125. I yeah, that'd probably sell out. <laughs> probably that, but but um, yeah, two meter Pete is his favourite player, and he's not. He wasn't. He's not on there. So oh, he was a bit shattered about that. But he likes Zach Merritt, and obviously Parish and package we love. So. All good in the whole household there. So the package rates himself above <laughs> string, above the other two, does he? <laughs> yeah, he does. Archie Perkins was fifty dollars. I was like, told the um, his mum just get Archie and a few of those younger fellas, you know, because they'll be worth more in the future. But is what it is. Could, probably could have split fifty bucks between the Davy boys, and we could have arranged yeah. something. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, good stuff, mate. Hey, we heard off the top the highlights to last night's game. The Power, are arguably the best team in the competition at the moment. Um, if not. They're in the top three or, or so. They're thereabouts. They are playing very good football. 16, 14, 110, defeated Geelong, 11, 6, 72. The Cats were right in the game early, a 20-point lead at quarter time. They still maintained a seven-point lead at halftime, but very dominant second half by the Power, who outscored Geelong, 11, 6 to 4, 3 after that halftime break. Yep. What did you make of this one, Rob? No, I thought um, I thought the Cats of old had come back in the start of that, um, you know, in the first part of the game and had control proceedings a fair bit. And then just the, just with the new rules in the AFL, just the ability to stop when a side's surging, um, Port Adelaide look very good at doing mm. it, don't they, guys? So they kicked six goals or seven goals unanswered after the start of the third quarter where our boy Horn Francis gave away that free kick to Danger and he kicked that goal. Mm. Um, watching the game previously in the first half, Shawnee Willow actually said to me, geez, oh, Horn Francis gives away some stupid free kicks and then he took off to go see his brother and then he gave away that one. So I was like, oh, maybe that's a discussion point in the radio. But, you know, Port Adelaide, when they're up and about, hard to stop. 
Especially got Big Dicko up forward. He didn't kick a goal as well. Yeah, he just helps him structurally, doesn't he? Even mm. if he's not kicking goals, he still improves the side. <laughs> Raf, you said you've missed a little bit of football with your work commitments, but you must have noticed the power, their resurgence, 11 wins in a row. They're playing some pretty good football at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, definitely, mate. I, I caught last night's game up to the three-quarter time. I thought Port Adelaide was safe, so I thought I'd better get to bed so I'm ready for this morning show <laughs> to look fresh for the boys. Um, yep. But, yeah, um, amazing effort by Port Adelaide, and especially... Hinkley, you know, like the pressure he was under after the first couple of rounds. Um, mm. You know, this day and age, you lose a few games and everyone jumps on you and tells you that you're not the right man for the job. But, you know, what is it, 10 in a row? Or 11, 11, I think. Yeah, now, 11 yeah. in a row. It's, they're, looking, they're looking like a, almost the favourites for the flag mm. at the moment with their, with their form. And to be able to come back, you know, um, after being down by about three or four goals um, against, you know, mm. the last year's premiers. It, it shows the, the maturity of the group and just watching their pressure last, like, it looked like the Saint Kil- how it went St Kilda up and about this year and mm. their pressure is unreal and that's what brought those six goals unanswered and, yeah, I, I enjoyed watching that from Port Adelaide last night. That was awesome to see and just touching on Horn Francis, it was, it was quite funny that free kick he gave away because the commentators sort of said, oh, he threw it where Dangerfield could have caught it but he mm. done the old short arm trick and couldn't reach it and, yeah, the Pies were pretty quick on that one. Like they could have said, "No, nah, you could have caught that, mate." But so unlucky. But yeah, that's probably a bit of maturity in that as well when he's um, up and about. So mm. no, nah, he's still getting the. I just love the way he goes about. It. He's hard ball gets and that. So the yeah. power smashed the cats at the stoppages, twenty six to nine. Yeah. yeah, and it was interesting because the cats obviously they're not blessed with plenty of ruck options, but decided to go in with Blixars as the main guy, and um, they were massively outworked at the clearances. I think, as I said, 26-9. to uh, Willem Drew, Ollie Wines, Dan Houston and Scott Lysett all recorded four or more second-half clearances. Wines in particular had a huge second-half, 15 disposals, eight contested possessions, four clearances, four tackles. Do you think uh, that the Cats perhaps got it wrong structurally? Yeah, I'm not too yeah sure on that. I think I like Port Adelaide in the aspect of that if elite players are down and they've got someone that'll step up. They've got good depth, don't they? Good depth. Mm-hmm. Um, Ollie Wines was starting on the bench at times just during this year, and William Drew, Butters, and Rosie were on the ball. And for Wines to stand up, it's a very dangerous sort of um, Horn side. Francis Horn and Boat running around. Um, having quieter games, and then whenever they need him, Hinkley speaks to him a three-quarter time, and then they lift. Mm. It's just like, you know, as Raff would know, being in St Kilda in those successful years, and with Ross Lyon, that, you know, like a Clinton Jones type would stand up if mm. he wasn't doing a tag and get 30 touches. And yeah. that's sort of the vibes they've got, and I like that pace on the outside. And I think Cats are just, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you guys, what's your, you guys read on the Cats now? They look like an old team to me, Raff. I don't know what your take is. I'd be interested in your perspective on... Um, you know, when St Kilda started to decline and how you how they tried to combat that or how long these players sort of stuck around for because the Cats are going to have a couple of interesting list management decisions at the end of the year. Um, it's a tough one because when they play their best football, they look really, really good, you know. We we sit here right now as we analysed the game last night and there were periods last night, I'm sure, where all of us three were watching and thought, hey, gee, the Cats are back. Well, you wouldn't want to play the Cats in September. Mm. But then, like a lot of old teams do, like we saw with Richmond earlier in the year, um, they just can't play four quarters anymore and they can't play with that same level of enthusiasm and that's probably where I see the Cats. Yeah that continuous pressure that you know they're put under now and, and you know the, the game plans that they, the sides play with like the Cats and that they're all you know if you're working in together it's all like assimilation like you've got that string mm-hmm. attached to you so if I move the bloke behind me sort of slides up and helps and replaces or is close enough to help you defend your man so you can roll off and help someone else and 
you know, as soon as one bloke doesn't make that spot or, you know, he can't keep up that sustained running and, and mm. doesn't get to the spot where he should be, it, it just falls apart so quickly. You can see how quickly a team can go from one end to the other and kick a goal on you. So, mm. you know, that, that stood out a couple of times last last night as well, and especially when they could... You know, cats. You thought looked like they were out and on the mm. wing, and the pressure just got them. And the Port Adelaide just never stopped running, and you know, turn it over at halfway, and the cats have already set up to be mm. attacking, and then they catch them at the back. And for any team to have three key forwards playing and, and play well and not get in each other's oh, way, yeah, like they did last night as well, for Port Adelaide, that was awesome to see. Yep. Uh, Chris Scott was a very emotive man last night. I don't know if you saw him at the three-quarter time break, but the cameras captured him uh, with a very strong message to his group. This is what he said about why his team has struggled this year. Oh, there are too many reasons to, to talk about in, in this forum, but I think what, right at the moment, if you sort of go back and compare us to us at our best, there are, there are a whole range of reasons and, and most of them sort of revolve around the lack of cohesion and, and personnel we've had. We feel like we've got some guys back and even the guys we've brought back, you know, clearly we didn't expect them to be at their best straight away after missing so much footy but um, even when we have got some guys back, you know, then they go and get injured again. Danger was another example. The first quarter we looked pretty good with him in there and then you sort of lose him and that, that's been the pattern a little bit for us and so I mean if you look at the outcome that we're just getting scored against when the ball goes inside um, uh, our defensive 50 which um, has traditionally been something we've been good at but it's clearly an area we need to improve. Still a little bit more of this game that I want to digest. We do need to go to a break very soon. But as a Bombers supporter, uh, Robert, Sparkle Narkle made his debut last night for the Power. Is that a player that perhaps the Bombers could have explored? Or are you thinking that maybe he was one that, you know, it's all good, expendable, not one that... Uh, I think he could have been a player that could have added to the footy club. You know, we have a good base of Indigenous players there now as well. Um, but obviously, I think the Bombers were going to take him with mm. pick two, but... Um, Port Adelaide swooped in. in. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a gr- it's a massive like it's a great effort. Um, he definitely looks a lot fitter mm. um, than what he was at Geelong, which sort of tells you it's not ideal. I think he probably should have known that before, yeah. but is what it is. Yeah, um, he slimmed down eight kilos. I think yeah, that's what I so noticed before he um, was training with Richmond over the off season. And I thought eight kilos. Jeez, I didn't think he was carrying too much weight, but you do mm. seem to notice it now. He does look a lot lighter yeah, on does his look feet. Good. Um, yeah, good-looking bloke with the hair and the, the tan. He looks good. Um, probably wouldn't struggle off-field. Drive some of the But, um, no, he's not the super... Like, you know, most Aboriginal players are quick, you know, and he's not. But he was good in patches. He was a little bit fumbly, so he's going to be better for the run, which is really good. Yeah, he offers a few strings to his bow, I reckon. Mm. I reckon he can play up forward, and he's not that mercurial, you know, elite skills around goal, even mm. though he doesn't struggle in that department. Um, but he's also a ball-winning midfielder too. You see at VFL level, he's getting his 30-plus touches. Um, Raf, I do want your opinion on Quentin Narkel, but before that, this is what Ken Hinckley had to say on Narkel in the mid-season draft selection. Yeah, he got a bit of luck. Unfortunately, Junior gets crook, pulls out. He plays just. He gets knowledge that he's playing today, and it's his first game two weeks after he arrives. I mean, it just. I think what it shows again that the mid-season draft's got some great benefits in it for everyone if you if you do your work well and um, you, you know you identify what you need. So there's been a number of players already play from the mid-season draft. I think it works really well. People who are desperate and keen to um, make the most of their opportunity and high quality high quality person brave enough to take it on and certainly gives himself a chance. 
Raph, it's good to see Sparkle Narkle receive an opportunity. He would have had to deal with a lot of disappointment. Told by Geelong not, that he's not wanted. Told by Richmond after, you know, four or five months of training that he hasn't passed the cut. Um, Essendon have looked after him well, but at the same time wasn't picked by them. And then Power come in and two weeks later he's making his debut. Yeah, and just like uh, Hinkley touched on then, if you, if you really want to be back in the system and you do the work like, the mid-season draft offers that, and that's that's a good thing to see. And now it was great to see him back out there last night and had an impact straight away. Kicked a couple of goals, I think, yeah, oh, at least one. Yeah, yeah. Two, yeah. And you, I think he's one of those players that sort of see that it sort of stuff happening before it does, and mm. and reads it really well, especially when he's on the ball. He, he tends to get a lot of clearances that no one expects him to get, so mm. he sort of just reads it a bit better than everyone else. I, I, I think one of his best things is, yeah, no, nah, no doubt. Plenty more to come here on Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin.